You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Morning. We are continuing in our uh, discussion of uh, what's the point of Judaism, and we're looking mitzvah by mitzvah, commandment by commandment in the Torah to uh, to, to think about um, what is the reason or the rationale that uh, um, our tradition would uh, give us these uh, any any of these uh, rules that we have in in, in our tradition. Uh, generally, following the trajectory of the weekly Torah portions. Uh, but uh, um, uh, over the past several weeks, we've been looking specifically at the Ten Commandments. Um, and now that we're through uh, the, the Ten Commandments, um, uh, even though some of the Ten Commandments we didn't really bother with because some of them, uh, uh, it doesn't really uh, pay to uh, talk about the rationale of do not murder. That one seems obvious. Uh, but uh, um, we talked about several of the Ten Commandments, and then we'll go into... Uh, what is this week's Torah portion, which is Parashat Mishpatim, uh, but we'll actually continue uh, looking at Parashat Mishpatim for, for uh, uh, probably a little while, because there's just a, um, a lot of interesting material there, interesting commandments to, to look at. And one of, the, um, one of the most peculiar commandments in Parashat Mishpatim, maybe the most uh, disturbing and perhaps the most misunderstood commandment in, in Parashat Mishpatim um, is the very first one in the in the Torah portion, um, which uh, um, seems to condone slavery. Um, uh, it's uh, um, it talks about uh, uh, purchasing a, uh, a a Hebrew slave uh, and uh, what the laws are uh, that, uh, that that go into owning a uh, a Hebrew slave, um, and it's peculiar uh, in the context of the Torah because these laws, after all, come to the Jewish people right after they are um, uh, released from slavery in Egypt. Um, so it, it, it seems, in a way, kind of odd that uh, um, in the first, you know, code of law that God gives the Jewish people after they come out of Egypt, the first of those laws um, uh, condones slavery. Um, you know, there, there are two ways, I guess, of thinking about that, and, and one is that, uh, um, which is generally true in, um, in, in, the, in the Torah, uh, to say that the experience of slavery is supposed to teach you uh, to not be in the role of oppressor to other people. Um, so you see that even in other places in, in this week's Torah portion. Uh, but there's another possible um, uh, um, response to, uh, to oppression, um, which is uh, to say, you know, um, uh, no one will fault you for, uh, for acting however you want because you, had, you suffered so much, right? Uh, um, or even to say, now it's our turn to be the oppressors, right? And, uh, and, and, and who cares uh, how other people suffer? Um, so, uh, so it's possible that in a, in, in a, um, a collection of, uh, texts as, um, uh, as diverse and divergent, um, and complicated as Torah, you do maybe have both of those responses to the experience of oppression. One is ultimately, I think, weighted a lot more and ultimately weighs out, which is, uh, the, the one that, that argues for, um, compassion to everybody as a, res- as a response to, uh, to, to 
uh, our histor our history of oppression. Uh, but in any event, um, uh, you you might possibly have the other. Um, but when you look at the actual uh, when you look at the actual um, commandment and its particulars, you start to see that uh, there's there's more going on here than meets the eye about uh, 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 this this law about a Hebrew slave. It's it, it doesn't seem to be uh, condoning uh, slavery. It might be allowing slavery under certain circumstances, but it doesn't seem to be condoning it at all. Um, so if you look at the actual law. And I'll pull it out here just uh, just to read you um, uh, what what the actual law says, and then we'll see what uh, Sefer Achinuch, uh, which is this uh, um, uh, medieval legal text that talks about uh, some of the roots of the laws uh, that we have. Uh, we'll look at that in a second. But if we look at the very beginning of the, uh, if we look at the actual text of the law itself, it says. Um, uh, so when you uh, acquire a Hebrew slave, sheshanim uh, yavod, he may only work for six years. And in the seventh, he has to uh, be freed, uh, um, a complete freedom. Um, uh, so what what that says, of course, is that uh, uh, there there may be uh, servitude, but there is not uh, such a thing in Jewish law as indefinite slavery, uh, at least for a Hebrew slave. Um, you have to let the slave go after six years. Im bekapo yavo bekapo im bal ishahu v'yatsa isha imo. Right. So if he uh, came single, he should leave single. If he uh, if he had a wife, he should leave with his wife. Im Adonav iten lo isha v'yaldalo banim uvanot haisha v'yaldeha tiel Adoneha v'hu yetze v'gapo. But if he if uh, if his master gave him a wife and she has borne him children, the wife and her children shall belong to the master and he shall leave alone. Um, uh, unclear what happens to the children um, uh, who are are commanded to stay with the master, but my guess is that they also. Um, uh, uh, first of all, have to be treated in a certain way, but also uh, uh, receive their freedom at a certain point. Um, right? But uh, uh, but if the servant would say that uh, I love my master and uh, and my wife and my children. Um, and I do not wish to go free. Vehigishu Adonav El Ha Elohim, Vehigishu El Ha Delet, O El Ha Mezuza, Veratza Adonav et Ozno. Excuse me. Veratza Adonav et Ozno, Ba Marzea, the Abdullah Olam. Okay, so his master should take him before God. He should be brought to the door with, uh, or doorpost. His master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and she, thou, he shall remain his slave for life. Um, so, uh, it, there is a possibility of, uh, perpetual servitude if the servant decides that he wants to be, uh, to, to live with the master the whole time. But ultimately what this is saying is that, um, slavery as, uh, as we know it, uh, say from American history, where, uh, a, a human being is purchased at one point, usually kidnapped and then purchased at one point, um, and then remains a slave in perpetuity, um, and all of his uh, children, uh, uh, too, remain slaves in perpetuity. Um, that doesn't seem to be what the system is in uh, in, in, in Jewish law. Um, more than that, 
it seems like uh, it is uh, the the slave's choice in a lot of ways whether or not uh, the slave wants to remain a slave or or not. Um, so that's a, 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 an interesting feature. Um, and if you look a little bit uh, further in the in the commandment, um, you see uh, that um, uh, um, uh, if you look uh, on page one ninety nine, where it talks about the laws of the precept. Um, uh, it, it describes that, uh, uh, um, that, that a person might find himself in this situation if he sells himself into servitude, um, or if he's, uh, put into servitude, uh, by, uh, by, by rid of the court, right? In other words, he com- committed a crime of some sort, and that is, uh, is his, is his punishment, um, and, uh, those are really the two instances. You can't be kidnapped and, and sold as a slave. Uh, but uh, you can sell yourself into servitude. Let's say you have debts or something like that. Uh, I don't really know what situations you might find yourself in that you might want to do that. But it's uh, but but uh, it's a it's a, a choice of a free person ultimately uh, to uh, to go to servitude, or it's something that the court decrees on you. Um, but that uh, uh, can't be your status forever. You have to be let go after a certain amount of time. Um, so what you see here is a system that is called slavery, but is really radically different than, uh, than, than what we, uh, I think, often associate with slavery. Um, and more than that, I think it's important also to remember the context. I mean, the context of, uh, of, of, uh, of the Torah and of most of the ancient world um, is, that, uh, is that there were really uh, um, uh, uh, three classes of people. Right there were there were slaves, there were free people, and then there were uh, royalty or aristocracy. Right, um, and uh, um, by far the majority of the population were the slave class, and you were a slave. You were in the slave class um, uh, against your will and for life, including all of uh, your progeny after you. Um, and a very small percentage of the population was. Were, were free people, and an even smaller percentage were, were aristocrats and royalty. Um, that is not what, uh, what what's being described here in, in the Torah. The Torah is describing a society in which everybody is, uh, is uh, or, or by and large, people are free, um, and ultimately people are, everybody is free ultimately. Um, you can temporarily be uh, in servitude to somebody else. So if you think about it not in the context of where we live and, and the, I think the great strides our society's made in, uh, in, in the last century and a half um, in eradicating slavery, um, uh, if you look at it uh, in comparison to most of the world before 1864, um, then, uh, then, then you start to see how radical the, the Torah's uh, um, laws are here um, in comparison to the society that, that, uh, that emerges from. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty uh, radical step. Right? I can imagine people receiving, you know, uh, uh, getting these laws, having these laws for the first time, um, uh, um, really being totally unique in, in their world, in, in this kind of approach to, uh, to human servitude. By the way, um, there are places still in the world today, uh, unfortunately a lot of places still in the world today, where this kind of servitude would be a radical step forward. Right? Um, uh, you know, and uh, um, so that's also worth keeping in mind that, uh, that, that um, 
that that in America we're we're lucky, but uh, uh, lo- places in in Africa and Asia especially um, are are, are uh, places where um, um, uh, a kind of especially for women and children uh, the the kind of uh, horrific slavery that uh, that that we thought had been. Um, uh, eradicated still exists. So the kind of uh, servitude that the Torah is describing here, I think, would be a uh, a really positive step in, uh, for for a lot of places in the world. We have in the United States today people who who immigrate here who are um, bound to the people. Uh, you know, you know, your visa is going to cost you ten thousand dollars. You work it off. You know, yeah. And they, you know, so <clears throat> that's true. We do have sort of a. Uh, um, a, a, a black market of, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a, um, under the radar screen of the law because the law prohibits it, but the law also doesn't let those people in in the first place, right, or, or, um, or, or makes it difficult for them. So, uh, 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 and, and the law has difficulty enforcing those kind of situations. Um, sometimes they're, they find them, like uh, in the case of uh, um, the, that kosher meat processing uh, plant in, um, in Iowa, uh, Rubashkin's. Um, had situations like that, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, right, we do um, in in this country as well. And uh, uh, um, you know, and and more than that, you know, um, we we have uh, um, you know uh, um, complicity in in this country in uh, the slavery of other countries as well, right? So you know, um, in in terms of uh, um, our the, the the thoughtlessness with which we purchase things, um, you know, uh, the, the goods that we buy, uh, that are in a lot of ways produced, maybe not using, uh, uh, by a strict legal definition, slave labor, but something pretty close to it in, uh, in, in, in other countries. Um, and, uh, um, uh, and, and throughout, you know, uh, uh, areas of our conduct on, on, on the internet and, and places like that, that, uh, that, that give us complicity in those things. I like the second paragraph. On the top of this page, uh, and we were adjured to have mercy on somebody who was under our ownership and to treat him with kindness, yeah. which is, I think, what um, you know, is non existent in the world today, where um, there is no way out for, for, for some people. I, you know, the fact that the Torah foresaw only a seven year indentured period. Yeah. That's the radical, right? Right. So that so let's look at that. So the the because um, that's really ultimately what we're looking at here is not necessarily what what is the law, but what's the reason for the law, um, and the reason for this law, the reason for this radical step that the Torah takes um, is uh, if you look back at the the um, um, uh, yeah look where where you're looking on top of page one ninety nine at the root of this precept lies the reason that God wished God's people Israel, whom God chose, to be a holy people filled and adorned with every good and noble quality. For as a result, blessing will be bestowed upon them. And kindness and mercy are among the most worthy qualities in the world. For this reason, we are adjured to have mercy on someone who is under our ownership, and to treat him with kindness, as it is written in the Sidra, uh, in the Parsha, and as we know um, further by the oral tradition. And what, what's, what's written uh, in, in, the, in the Parsha Especially later on, is is to have um, uh, to uh, to not oppress a, uh, um, a a stranger, right? Because you were once strangers in the land of Egypt, right? That very famous formulation, right? And uh, and, and the uh, and the assertion that um, 
that uh, um, uh, that that uh, a, a a human being under our uh, uh, under our quote unquote ownership um, is nonetheless a human being, right? And uh, there may be a work arrangement that we have, but nevertheless, the the uh, our obligation is to treat them not like property, but like people. Um, and uh, and that's something that uh, doesn't happen. Uh, it, it historically, historically, in slavery, didn't happen in our country. In slavery, um, it doesn't happen in the world today. In, in forms of slavery, is that uh, slaves tend to be treated like property uh, and not like people. And this is saying that uh, that when you have someone under your guardianship, uh, you treat them like a person and, and not like property. The, the disturbing piece of the beginning of the parsha, I think, is the what happens if a person has children, marries and has a child, has a slave. Yeah. Because that's no longer treating a person like a person. That's treating a person like an animal. Yeah. It's um, uh, property. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's taking a step and, re- you know, one step uh, forward. And but, it's but, true. But, I, but, I, I but is it possible, it discusses here the oral tradition, that some of the oral tradition was never written down, so the interpretation of that never occurs in written form, but orally. Right, and I think that the reason for that is um, because the the tradition, I think, Jewish tradition wisely um, wants interpretation of the laws and Torah to be tied into an evolving sense of ethical responsibilities, um, and and some a lot of that is determined uh, socially. Um, so, uh, so I think that that's a, a, a real reason that, uh, uh, um, some of those oral interpretations were never written down to allow for an evolving interpretation. Um, listen, it's, I hear that. I mean, the, you know, the, um, I have two thoughts about it, right? Contextually, um, uh, um, uh, a child born to a servant in the context of slavery i don't know i mean like it, it seems like within that system uh, the 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 master sh- seems to be entitled to some rights to uh, to 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 that to that birth right it's under it, it's under um uh his guardianship his responsibility i don't know um I hear you. I, I struggle with it too. I'm trying to think of a way to justify it. It's hard to. Um, I guess the. I guess what uh, um, uh, what what uh, what I might suggest is that the um, um, the the. Well, I, I have a way. Out. Yeah, go for it. Um, <laughs> a person, okay, maybe free from slavery, and still have a very hard time in taking care of himself. Think of a person, let's say, in debtor's prison. Okay, um, they got into debtor's prison because they couldn't, um, you know, they, they they couldn't handle their affairs. They couldn't um, make a living. Think of um, Les Misérables, you know, barely able to feed yourself, your family. So the owner of the person still has, you know, has responsibility to take care of. That man's wife, that man's children. Maybe it's actually freeing, freeing him of that burden to then go out into society, take care of himself plus a family. So. Uh, so that's true. And the other thing I was thinking of is that it doesn't say that the child remains a slave. It's not clear. 
it's, it's not clear, but it doesn't yeah. say it, and it seems like if the child were to remain a slave, um, then the Torah would say it. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that that's what's going on. I mean, I think that's what it's saying is that if the, if the owner wants to take responsibility for the child as a child, right, uh, um, growing up in, in, in his or her household, um, uh, right, it's sort of like a Moses situation, right, uh, where, um, everybody knew, or at least, um, uh, uh, Pharaoh's daughter knew that Moses was a Hebrew child, right? So, uh, theoretically this, this, uh, should have been a slave child. Um, but uh, but it's raised in Pharaoh's household as uh, as uh, as a, as, a, as a royal child. Um, that may be what's going on here, uh, which may be related to what you're saying, which is that uh, the the owner takes responsibility for the child because the, the the servant who's leaving may not have the ability to take care of the child, but uh, but but the serv- the the master does, but the master has to take care of it as a, as a human uh, okay, being, so, not uh, as a servant. All right. So another thing the Torah is not saying is that class status is inherited. Right, that a slave begets a slave begets a slave. That right. maybe. So I'm not sure, but I like that. Right now, it, now it's it's it is complicated in Jewish law. It does seem like uh, the rabbis um, do solidify in some way the slave begets a slave uh, thing. There's there's this whole you know uh, sections of law dealing with you know if, if uh, you're, you're a person who's like half slave and half free, right? You were born of a slave, but your mother's free or something like that, which is. In some ways, how we get the laws of uh, 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 patrilineal matrilineal descent, um, uh, uh, but but remember that the rabbis are uh, very influenced by Roman law, and Romans have that very kind of rigid system as well. Um, uh, so there are times in which the uh, an evolving oral tradition uh, uh, can help us, and there are times in which reading the the biblical text more narrowly um, is more helpful in in sort of uh, being charitable with the tradition. Um, I, I read the I, I think I would read the Torah that way and say that uh, the, the class system is that class status is not inherited that we are all as at least as as uh, as, as Jewish people all born free right to be. To be an Israelite is to be born free, um, and uh, uh, and that means even if your father, even if you're born to someone who's uh, in in the status of servitude, that doesn't change your personal status. Or your personal status when you're born is Israelite, um, uh, maybe even Levite or something. Right? Um, um, so um, uh, yeah, so so, but it is a challenging piece of the law. I, I get it. I, the, I guess the the only consolation I have is that. Um, the um, the the value that's trying to be reinforced in this law, which is I think an a, 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 an an accommodation to a uh, uh, to a world in which slavery is customary, is to say that when you have a slave system, um, which uh, which people would have seen as normal in in that time, um, when you have a slave system. Uh, um, it, uh, um, it, 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 uh, you, you have to, uh, uh, um, we're creating a society in which, uh, we treat, uh, um, everybody as, as human beings. Um, and that, uh, and that therefore, even if you have a child that remains with you in that context, um, you're going to treat that child, uh, in, in the same way. You're creating a culture in which, uh, that's how we treat each other. Um, and it's born of, uh, of, of the experience of our own oppression. Um, uh, you know the, the the what what uh, what what you also you know um, uh, um, uh, you know the it, it's uh, you know it's uh, 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 the United States of America was not the first 
uh, uh, society in the modern world uh, to, uh, to free its slaves. Um, and uh, it also was working within a social context um, uh, 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 where, where it was becoming more common uh, for people to be free. Um, and it also came uh, um, after a very long uh, history, even after the Enlightenment, which posited that all people are, uh, are, in, uh, are endowed with their creator by inalienable rights, um, that even, you know, uh, 200 years after uh, John Locke uh, penned those words, um, that, uh, that, that we still didn't grant people those inalienable rights. So, um, so uh, it's really a, a long time coming for uh, that kind of uh, social context. In, in, that, in that broader picture, what the Torah is positing here, I think, is really revolutionary. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and still today, especially when we don't have uh, legal slavery in this country, but there's still a slavery on the, around the world, uh, but there are, is, is certainly, even without slavery, a, uh, a tendency to treat uh, uh, different classes and different groups of people as uh, less human than you. And we have a, 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 a failure of the imagination to realize people who look and act and, and talk uh, and think differently than us, uh, to realize them as, uh, as, as human on the level that we are. What this is saying is that you do not have the right to see people that way. You do not have the right to treat people that way, and that every person, regardless of their status or your relationship to them, um, has to be treated um, uh, with, with the full dignity of their humanity.